1: Hi, Vanessa. Hi, Kara. We get questions about social media all the time, right? Yep. And one general category of questions has to do with access to social media. So when should I let my kids on? When should I take it away as punishment? You know, when should I be checking it? All, all these access questions, right? So we got a couple of listener questions this week that I'm going to combine into one because they really ask the same thing. There were parents who reached out to us who said, I have not allowed my kid onto social media. These kids range in age. So the parents described tweens and then early teenagers and then mid-teenagers. And all of them expressed the same reason for why they hadn't let their kids on, which was basically, I'm nervous about the influences on social media and what that's going to do to my child. And in particular, two of the parents called out body image issues and said, I'm really nervous that I have a kid who is vulnerable to these either visual influences on Instagram, for instance, or some of these, narrow rabbit holes that are easily available on platforms like TikTok that lead kids down avenues that teach them how to restrict their eating or how to engage in dangerous behaviors around purging, for instance, really legitimate concerns from these parents. And so that's how the question started. This has been the decision I've made as a parent.
0: We do know that there is tons of data out there, both in the U.S. and in the U.K., including the data, internal data of Facebook and Instagram, about the corollary between negative body image, low self-esteem, and lots of exposure on
1: social media. So they yes. are
0: following that data. And yet, Cara...
1: And yet, the second half of the question is... But now what do I do because, and the question goes a couple of different ways. One set of question goes, because my kid is begging me to let them on because everyone else is on and that is the social currency. It is the platform on which kids communicate, DM, laugh about content that is funny and benign, right? That's one set of questions. The other set of questions is what do I do because I've just found out my kid's on it anyways. I've just seen that my kid has a whole other online identity that I didn't know about and has created a whole series of systems so that they can get access to these platforms and they're doing it and I have this knowledge that I'm not supposed to have. So I think the bigger question we should be answering right now is the first half of the question, which is Is restricting access to these platforms a good idea? That's really what they're asking us. In the context of puberty and adolescence and all of these influences, hey, Cara and Vanessa, am I doing the right thing by telling them no, even though every parenting instinct in me is telling me to tell them no, because this is the currency of their time. That's the question they're asking us.
0: If you listen to enough of our episodes, you'll hear us preach the importance of air, particularly down there. Airing out body parts reduces sweatiness, stinkiness, and skin irritation. And it feels amazing to air it all out after a long day in tight, sweaty clothes.
1: Which is why we created the umshort Super soft, lightweight, with wide legs and a low crotch. All help air flow designed for all genders in all sizes, literally down to kids extra small and up to men's extra large. Everyone who wears them tells us they've never been so comfy. Get your shorts at myumla.com.
0: Cara, lately, I have been lying awake at night. I'm physically exhausted, but I can't sleep because my mind is so wired with everything going on between work and my family So I've added magnesium breakthrough to my nightly routine and it actually helps calm my mind. It helps me get better sleep and I wake up feeling better rested. I'm less cranky and I'm more patient with my
1: family and with you. Oh, I've noticed. And it's because unlike other magnesium supplements that might give one or two formulations of magnesium, magnesium breakthrough has seven. That's why you're sleeping so well and waking up refreshed. Now, dietary supplementation is always best, Vanessa. So that means eating your minerals and vitamins is the best way to get them in. But if you can't or you don't get enough, magnesium breakthrough is the way to go. It can also help digestion, though too much helps your digestion too much, which is not a good thing. It can support muscle recovery. So bye-bye, Charlie horses. And it helps build dense bones, which is especially important for women approaching and in menopause.
0: We have an exclusive offer for our listeners. You can go to buyoptimizers.com slash puberty, B I O P T I M I Z E R S dot com slash puberty, and you can use the code puberty ten during checkout to save 10%. That promo code is puberty ten at dot slash puberty. Your body
1: and brain and family and business partner will thank you. Vanessa We literally have three minutes to eat lunch every day. I am not joking. And the challenge is how to make it delicious and healthy and still fit into that tiny window. Our answer is Factors ready to eat meals. They have been a godsend.
0: We throw our Factor meals in the microwave. It takes two minutes and out comes a gorgeous, fresh, never frozen meal. We both love the tamale vegetarian one. It's delish. There's a ton of options every week. There's 60 add-ons, breakfast, snacks, beverages. I love doing the wellness shots with my kids. They think it's hilarious and I know they're getting vitamins and minerals in their bodies.
1: So get meals on your table or at your desk in two minutes or less. Factor meals eliminate the hassle of prepping, cooking and cleaning you can customize with flexibility to get as much or as little as you need, and you can press pause or reschedule depending upon your lifestyle. So to order, go to com slash
0: puberty50 and use the code PUBERTY50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That code is PUBERTY50 at com slash PUBERTY50 to get 50% off your first box, 20% off your next box. And I am going to go do that right now because I need more factor meals in my refrigerator. Cara, my kids love Magic Spoon cereal. And even though it's cereal, they actually love it as a homework snack. The variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And fruity is the favorite flavor in my house.
1: Now, this pack has zero grams of sugar, between 13 and 14 grams of protein, and between four and five grams of net carbs per serving.
0: And Magic Spoon is so confident you're going to love their product. It's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they will refund your money. No questions asked. They do not want you to send their cereal back to them.
1: Try a bowl of Magic Spoon cereal today at magicspoon.com puberty and use the code puberty to save $5. So we Ran a workshop in New
0: York all around friendship at a school. And one of the questions that came up was about inclusion and exclusion around social media. And one of the parents said, I don't know what limits to set. What limits do you set? How much do you monitor? You know, all of these same things. And the hard thing about this conversation, and this is you're usually the one who makes the statement, which is every family is going to choose to do it differently. And the guidance and advice we're going to offer is going to be applied differently amongst different families. And even within the same family, they will choose to apply it differently with different children. And so, so much of the answer to these wonderful, hard, important questions is there is no one answer. There are multiple answers. Depends on your kid's temperament. It depends on your bandwidth to monitor and address all of these different things, right? It takes time to like, monitor your kid's group chat. It takes time to look at their TikTok search history. It takes time to look at who they're following on Instagram. And so part of it is we wish we could just set limits, right? People say, well, with porn, if I could just set parental guidances, it's all fine and my kid will never see porn. That's not the case. And the same as if we say no, absolutely not to social media, they will find likely other ways on. So Car, where do you start with this Advice.
1: So, with these parents in the context of these questions, the place that I started, and I should say we started, because we answer these questions together. And if we are not in the same space, and usually we're not in the same physical space, Vanessa, even though I'm very sad about that, because I would love you in the same physical space. But um, but in but a I, couple of weeks, we will be in the same in physical space, which be. is very exciting.
0: Very. Excited. So I can watch you eat bread in person. Lots. You of can. Times. It's very
1: exciting. <laughs> but I do text you all the time and you text me all the time, making sure we're representing each other's thoughts and feelings accurately. And I will say, so this is a we answer. So we together sort of both feel that the decision as to whether or not to let your kids onto a social media platform is entirely personal. And we cannot tell parents what the right thing is. We can tell parents that you can and should feel very empowered To use the laws that exist in order to buoy yourself when you say no. So, for parents who are saying you're too young to get on these social media apps, and they have COPA, they have the youth data privacy laws protecting their kids, kids under 13, the data is not allowed to be collected. That is why kids are technically not allowed on Instagram and Facebook and other social media apps. Parents, Use that. If you or don't want your younger kids on social media, I will say that that is what I used in my home, with my kids. My role was thirteen, and I just used the law as my buoy, as my backup and my source of support. and it that feels very comfortable, and that advice is advice we will always, always, always give you. But that being said, the undercurrent of the question is, but everyone else is on. and The truth is, unlike most other things where kids will say, but everyone else has this or everyone else. I actually think in this case, they're right. I mean, the vast, vast, vast majority of kids have access to these platforms in some way, shape or form. And it does feel like an uphill battle for both the parents and the kids who are not on them to be the one who is sitting out. And So when I answer the question, I start from the place of, while you absolutely have the right and the legal authority to say, no, this is not okay, you also are correct in feeling very alone in that. And so there are a number of things that you can do as the parent in order to feel less alone. And one thing is to find a group of like-minded parents, a community that is making similar decisions and have them help support you and their kids and your kids can support each other. That's a little pie in the sky because they may support you, but I'm not sure the kids, if they don't already know each other and aren't already connected, will be able to support each other in the same way, but that helps finding, and there are groups, there's wait until eighth and there are all these communities of people who are really working hard to postpone the access to devices and to logins. And then another is, to choose to see this not as binary. It's not either you're off or you're on, but rather that there is a gigantic gray zone in the middle. And so what that means is there is a way to let your kids onto certain platforms using baby steps monitoring them, engaging with them on the platforms. Vanessa is like furiously nodding her head. So Vanessa, go talk about that. So
0: first of all, whoever your kid is, Rachel Simmons says this, whoever your kid is in real life, they're often going to behave that way online. So if you have an impulsive kid who throws comments out there or who does sort of wacky stuff without thinking about it, they're likely going to do that online. And so knowing your kid's temperament and engaging with them on behavior will depend on the temperament. So that kid may need even teeny tinier baby steps than a kid who's more deliberate, more thoughtful, more cautious. So that's number one. How tiny are the baby steps? Number two is, if you're going to let them on, you let them on Bit by bit, in terms of the platform, right? So you don't say, okay, I'm going to open the floodgates and now you can be on Instagram and Snapchat and TikTok and, you know, some platform that we don't even know exists yet. Be real, you know, whatever it is. So you do it one by one. And there's a reason for that. One is (laughs) like it's more exciting if they have something to work towards and look forward to and earn the right to be on. And also some of them are more innocuous than other ones are, right? So Snapchat, the chats disappear. Kids tend to do things, send photos of themselves and do all sorts of things that adults are worried about. Snapchat, I think is a later platform. Instagram, car you mentioned you can go down a rabbit hole in terms of like imagery. I think that's a later platform. I mean, frankly, you start with a group chat, right? You'd start with the sixth grade group chat or the seventh grade group chat. Because trust me, Kids can screw up so amazingly with just the ability to be on a group chat. Can? Can't do, sorry. Do. Kids do <laughs> screw up. I mean, luckily I was sitting next to one of my kids the other day while he was on a group chat and he made a comment about one of his siblings to the grade group chat. And I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't throw our siblings under the bus for the amusement of our classmates. Please delete it. 99% of the time, I'm not sitting next to him. So I can't do that. So to your point, Kara, what does it sound like to be in conversation with them? Because the temptation is for the conversation to sound like this. I hate these goddamn social media platforms. They're disgusting. They're horrible. Your generation is in the toilet. You're awful. You have no values. You don't get off your butts and do anything, right? That's what our inner monologue sounds like. My inner Vanessa. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> and then outer dialogue might even sound Wait, like- wait, can I do with the
1: outer Vanessa? <laughs> the outer Vanessa. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to show me? I'm, I'm so curious. Like, what's your Instagram world like? I just, can you like, let's like look let's flip through and eat some chocolate while we <laughs> Just wait number. till car yeah. is
0: actually staying in my house in a couple of weeks. And she'll be able to see how disconnected the inner and outer or connected the uh. inner and outer <laughs> monologue actually are.
1: Outer Vanessa does an excellent job because outer Vanessa is not threatening her kids with, her frustration and anger. Instead, she's entering into dialogue. And I'm actually being completely serious here. Everyone should tap into their outer <laughs> Vanessa because it what it does is it allows you to say, tell me why this is important and then show me the currency of your cohort, which isn't even your generation. It's like your little mini peer group within your age group, right? Show me why this is important. What has value? Let me tell you, if you approach it, like outer Vanessa, oh my gosh, it's such a win because the reality is that what you've done is you've said, I'm gonna entertain the idea of letting you on, or I'm gonna let you on, right? Both are welcome, so long as you let me in a little, so long as I have a window, because, and here's the other thing, you're very good, Vanessa, at explaining the why because my interpretation of Instagram is it's all bikini pictures, So show me a side of Instagram that doesn't look like what I'm afraid of. Then I can begin to be able to understand what you want.
0: I'll give you a perfect example. One of my kids is on TikTok and I was like, oh, he's going to get into these like all these toxic masculinity accounts who are like shouting at him and it's a rabbit hole and the algorithm will take him so far down this terrifying place. And I was like, hey, let me see your For You you page. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. Hey, buddy. (laughs) Um, Let me see your For You page. Like, I'm curious what's on it, right? And it was like all cooking videos. He was like learning how to cook and there wasn't a... Now, I have to keep monitoring, right? Because this is over the course of time. But... Instead of talking out them, instead of talking down to them, it's about curiosity. It's about, hey, can you let me know what's going on? Can you show me? I'm curious. I'm interested. It's also about sending each other funny TikToks or Instagram. I personally think being on certain social media platforms is an awesome way to communicate with our kids, to laugh at ourselves, to laugh at them and share little videos and posts throughout the day. There are times in our lives when we don't feel super connected to our kids and connecting with them through imagery, memes, videos is an awesome way to be connected to them.
1: With an asterisk there, which is as our kids get older, there is an appropriateness that we do not necessarily engage with them as much on certain platforms. So, you know, it's no different than we walked them into school when they were little. And then as they got older and older, we dropped them off or they took the bus, or then they just took themselves, right? So likewise, you know, how you manage social media with a 13 or 14-year-old and with a 17 or 18-year-old looks really different. And I would argue that the 17 or 18-year-old, when you, the parent, are in on their social media in a very visible way, And they're not the kid who's inviting you to do that. Some kids love it and they're super psyched for their parents. Our kids don't. And if they don't, there is a letting go that has to happen in life in general. And this happens on social media too. And there is a point at which, you know, so Be Real is is a new platform that I find to be one of the better social media platforms. It's great concept where you're real. And the idea is that you get prompted once a day at a different time each day with no forewarning to take a snapshot of where you are right that second, the way you are right that second, no filter, no this, no that, no likes. It's great, right? It's far more benign and innocent than a lot of these other platforms that gather likes and or venomous comments. but does not mean that your kids will want you to be on that Be Real platform with them. So that's something to consider. So what I want to finish with is just a
0: few pro tips. One is, this is an ongoing conversation. It requires baby steps, including baby stepping onto certain platforms We want to be in conversation with our kids, not talking down to them and not also assuming the horse has left the barn if we give them access. It's an ongoing conversation as they get older and we have to ask for their permission to be a part of it in a visible way, but we should still have permission to be able to monitor and understand what they're doing. None of it is perfect. It's ongoing and complicated, but it is totally worth being in conversation with your kid and hearing them out and listening to them and not just placing judgment.
1: And we're going to follow up with a second episode about what to do when you catch your kid in a lie around social media, because we get that question every week, every week, sometimes every day. Yes. Thanks, Cara. Bye, Vanessa. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcasts or check out our Instagram, at The Puberty Podcast. If you have questions or stories to share, email us at thepubertypodcast at gmail.com. And for more puberty info, check out myumla.com or dynamogirl.com. Bye.